1: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris.
0: All right, welcome to our guest segment. This is going to be so informative. And look, if you're planning to go on a cruise or someone that you love, uh, a, an adult child, uh, if you've got a neighbor, someone that you go to church with, you need to know that there is a dark side to all of this. And over the years, we've had the folks from the International Cruise Victims Organization with us many, many times. And if you want to hear some of the other stories, go to our archives, because we have had uh, Dean and George Ananias on. They were, of course, on the Costa Concordia. We've had Kendall Carver on, who's the founder of the International Cruise Victims Organization about the death of his daughter. We had Jamie Barnett on about the death of her daughter and the tragedies are compounded by the cruise lines because after the fact they do anything they can to avoid taking responsibility. They they erase security tapes. They use legal maneuvers, claim that they're in international waters and are not subject to U.S. law, claim that the ship is flagged in a foreign port. As a result, they don't have to comply with U.S. law enforcement and on and on and on. What makes matters worse is that our own Congress is getting paid, uh, paid off, bribed, basically, by getting campaign contributions from these big cruise lines to keep the laws such so that people have very few rights, uh, but there is an organization called the international cruise victims organization. They are fighting back and you can go to their website tonight. As we're talking with our guest here, go to international Check out all of the resources and all of the stories you will find there. You've got to check into this international cruise And joining us is Lori Dishman. And Lori has a, Just an incredibly tragic story. Laurie, I understand that uh, you were celebrating a friendship, a 30 year friendship with your best friend, and you decided to take a cruise on Royal Caribbean and tell us what happened. Uh, Give us take as much time as you need to to tell us the whole story, because uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it is just unthinkable what is happening now to many people on cruises.
1: Yes, Jim, thank you. Um, yeah, my best friend Michelle and I, in 2006, decided to take a cruise to celebrate 30 years of friendship. And we went on Royal Caribbean. We thought, you know, this will be great. We can see many places. We can do, you know, have an umbrella drink in our hand. And um, the first day of the cruise, we got on the ship, and we went to our cabin, and everything seemed fine. And the ship stayed actually in port that day. Um, it had engine trouble, so we didn't leave L.A., the port of San Pedro. And so the next night was the first night. We set sail. And that evening, the second night, um, we were having a great time doing, um, you know, having dinner and just doing what you do. You go on vacation. You, you know, take your hard-earned money and take a vacation and celebrate. So we were um, later that evening in the lounge going to uh, dance and have a drink after dinner, and two security guards approached us and asked us for our ID. Well, we didn't have our ID, but we had our CPAS card. So we showed the CPAS card to them, so they wrote something on a clipboard, and we had thought they were in Royal Caribbean uniform. It said security. We we just thought, okay, they checked us in because we were definitely over 21. We were 35. I was 35 years old at the time. And we went about our business. Then later that night, uh, I was going to request a song with a DJ. And I went up the ramp. And here was that security guard again. And he grabbed my wrist and tried to pull me towards him and I, I pushed him away and went back to Michelle and said we have to go. And so we went back to our, Lori, can I, can I interrupt you for one second?
0: Can I interrupt you for one second? Cause I don't want to miss one word you're sure. saying. Are you on a speaker phone by sure. chance? Um, are you, um, yeah, if you Do could, to- is there any way you can pick up that would help us to yeah. get, to get a better, it, we can hear you, but it sounds yeah. a little bit echoey. Okay. There we go. Okay. Is that better? Yes. Much better. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. We, we did hear all of that, but you I just can't. want to make sure it's clear. So, so to pick up where you left off, um, you had a security guard to tell us what, how did he grab you again?
1: So he grabbed my wrist and pulled me towards him when I had come around, I hadn't even made it to the DJ. And I pushed him away like it frightened me. I mean, it was like, who are you? You know, other than I recognized he was one of the security guards. So I pushed him away and went back to Michelle. And when I went back to Michelle, I said, we have to, you know, let's go. Um, I wanted to go back to the room. And so she didn't know if I, if what was wrong. And, and I was real quiet and I just wanted to go to sleep and, So So was this like he was was making, was
0: he making like an advance, a sexual advance at that point? Or did you just not understand? Okay. And 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 here he he is one of, of here he is one of, one of the security guards, which you would think is someone that you, of anyone that you could trust on one of these ships.
1: Correct. Correct. And he, um, so when we went back to the room, Michelle waited until I fell asleep thinking that I would be safe in my room and um, I was so traumatized by what had happened and how he had grabbed me. I couldn't, I didn't even tell her. I just had thought that we could, I could go to sleep and it would, you know, we'll go back to the cabin and I would be okay. So Michelle left the cabin and um, left me in there um, with the door locked. Of course Um, I awoke to the phone ringing When the phone rang, I answered the phone, and there was a man's voice saying, Are you alone? And I said, Who is this? And they said, Are you in there alone? And I said, Who is this? And then they hung up the phone. Well, I went back to bed not knowing who that was, not knowing how to get where Michelle was, not wanting to leave the room. And so the next thing I remember, I had fallen back asleep, and I woke up to a knock at the door. Well, at the time, Royal Caribbean no cruise ships had peepholes in their doors. So, and there's no latch or chain like in a hotel room where you can just open the door a little bit and see who's there or look through a peephole so that you're safe. Um, so I opened the door thinking it was Michelle. She didn't have her sea pass card or her door key, so I opened the door, he forced his way in. Um, as he forced his way in, he pushed me onto the bed and be, raped me, um, forcing me down, strangling my neck um, where I became unconscious mm. uh, and I became unconscious and fell asleep because, um, or was out because the next thing I remember is waking up at nine thirty or nine the next morning, wondering why I didn't have my pants on and why, why um, my neck was sore. And so I went to get up and the room was dark. So when Michelle had come back, she had no idea I was asleep, she thought. So she had gone to bed. So when I woke up and then trying to figure out and recall what had happened and I looked in the mirror and there were ligature marks around my neck and I instantly remembered what had happened. And... um, Wow, I had was on my period and had an impacted tampon that um, couldn't from the rape and um, just just fell to the floor instantly. Um, so after that, Michelle called the purser or the front desk or wherever you would call to get nine one one, which is the front desk. And at that time, the head security guard and the purser came to the room. And when they came to the room, I was now sitting on Michelle's bed. And they came right in the room and sat down on the bed where the rape had occurred, asking me what had happened, asking me to tell as best I could. And I tried really hard. I tried to tell them what happened. And um, afterwards, they said, okay, we need you to, I just kept saying I wanted to go home. I wanted to see the doctor. And they said, you need to fill the this- paperwork out and tell us in writing and sign your name before we'll let you see the doctor. So then several hours later, this is around nine, around noontime was the soonest that they took me, myself and Michelle, to the infirmary. And when we arrived in the infirmary, they handed us two gray garbage bags and asked us to go back to the cabin and collect the evidence.
0: Wow for so you to for you to collect your
1: humiliated.
0: for you to collect your own evidence that was that was their procedure and and did you feel at the yeah. time that they were not sincere in being concerned about what had happened did, did they did they know who the individual was that you were accusing of, of of doing this to you did did they right away know who that person was
1: um i believe now knowing more, I believe they did know because what Royal Caribbean had done is taken people who were janitors. The security guard who raped me and, and choked me was a janitor filling in a security. And what they did was they didn't have enough security guards on board, on board that ship. That ship had 2,400 passengers and they only had two security guards. So they needed more people to be able to come into the lounge to help control underage drinking, people getting into the bar. So they took this janitor and this other employee janitor and put them in security guard uniforms. So they had an idea when I had told them, I know when I said that this is a security guard that was in the lounge that came to the cabin and told them the story of what had happened, that they're that's later we had found out that there were four of them that they usually did that with because they clearly didn't have enough security on board the ship.
0: Wow. And, and so, so, and, 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 and and so, uh, because of time, I don't want to, I don't want to miss any of the, any of the details, but I I know that Mm -hmm. your story is in much greater detail on the website. If we can transition to, you know what what happened after this because I'm sure that people listening right now would think that the cruise line would immediately uh, be getting security video to help you they would be aiding in the prosecution of this individual this person would be fired they would be turned over to law enforcement you would be offered some incredible financial settlement to deal with your medical and psychological trauma that you've been through I'm sure none of that happened. I'm, of course, being sarcastic, but but this is what most people would expect would happen uh, to an American that boards a ship that was uh, in in an American port and something like this happens.
1: Right. They, um, Their interest was to keep me quiet, was to not let anybody know that this had happened. And when they approached me with three choices of what to do, either stay on board until the cruise ended, get off the ship in Cabo and report it to the local port authorities in Cabo, or get off the ship in Cabo and fly back to L.A. to meet the FBI. Well, of course, I wanted to go to the FBI. The purser then had stood up when I had said I wanted to go home and said, Miss Dishman, whether you go home or stay on board, you'll still be upset. That was the type of people we were working with. They did not care. They left us in that cabin for hours after it happened. Um, Once it was reported and the FBI called me the next morning when we went into port, um, they waited till everybody got off the ship before they had Michelle and I go on a tenor boat over to uh, Cabo to fly back to San Pedro. The cruise lines had no intention other than to make sure I had my $200 for the port that I was going to miss. They ran the money to me or the receipt or wherever it was, letting me know they credited me $200 for the excursion after they had to charge me for the rape kit because they had charged me for the rape kit that they performed. Wow. Um, Definitely not feeling like most of the time, there was all men around. There was no women in a situation like that. Thank goodness Michelle was with me, my best friend. Um, you know, they, they constantly, constantly, the cruise industry says that they're the safest and safety and security is their, you know, most concern. Well, I really think differently. They, they don't, they don't take that as a, to well you would even think is, just
0: just is with it. just with regards to the numbers you just gave us 2400 people on a cruise ship and to have you know two or three or four security guards uh two of the four being like janitors that have been promoted to security because they don't have I mean that that's not enough just to deal with just emergencies of you know maybe somebody gets sick or 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 other things that are are not as as dark as what you're describing happened, but these are people that are clearly not only not acting as police or security, uh, but they're actually using their position because they have a key, they can get into all the different rooms, and they're, they're actually abusing their position so they're not only not keeping people safe and actually being security but they're exploiting that position to gain access to do these horrible things, and uh, Kendall Carver has been with us before and has told us how there's basically no background check for a lot of these cruise lines for the issue of like sexual predators and things like that because you would assume, well, this is in an American port that these people would all be background checked that are working there, especially when they have these areas for little children to be left without their parents and teenagers to be left without their parents, and they put you, like you said, under this false sense of security. Um, But these people are not background checked, and some of them are actually getting these jobs because they want to be in the position to do these kinds of things, like what happened to you.
1: Correct. They, um, the <clears throat> the predator that raped me, he had been fired from Disney Cruise Line and then rehired by Royal Caribbean. They don't talk to each other. when When we met with the cruise industry before we, when we were. Doing legislation in Washington, they had asked international cruise victims to meet with the heads of the cruise industry. And that was one thing we talked about. Don't you talk to each other? If you have a bad person, don't you let the other cruise lines know? No, we don't communicate that way. Mm. We don't, we don't share those kind of things. And this, this guy also had been tro- in trouble for insubordination, falsifying records and harassing two women on a tenor boat six weeks before he raped me. And, and it went to the highest of Royal Caribbean's human resources, and they put him in a security uniform. Wow. So they definitely don't have the, the concern of the safety and security like they continue to say they do. And my experience with them, even after I got back home, Adam Goldstein, the president of Royal Caribbean, sends a letter saying that, Thank you for allowing us to give you an experience of a lifetime. I'm just I'm just another <sighs> passenger. I'm just a number. Unbelievable. They don't communicate. You would think that if, if Lori Dishman had been raped on their cruise ship and this horrible thing had happened where they said they were gonna secure the cabin, which they never did, they cleaned it, um before the ship docked and the FBI boarded, they 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 say all these things but then they they don't treat me that way because when I came home I had another email in addition just from the cruise line thanking me for having taken a vacation of a lifetime so (laughs) yeah I I bet Uh, I uh,
0: unreal Uh, you know it, it what you're telling me for people listening I know a lot of people when they hear a story like this their first reaction is They just can't believe it because it's just so incredible that this is what happens to people on cruise lines. And, folks, I would encourage you tonight, go to internationalcruisevictims.org. There are story upon story upon story, dozens of stories. And it, these stories are so outrageous, and and that our government allows these cruise lines to operate in this manner, and they're they're uh, you know docked right here in U.S. ports, and they use every possible legal maneuver you can imagine to try and uh, avoid any liability for these kinds of things, and and you know if you run a big organization. Accidents happen. People slip and fall. Things happen. But but this is not that this is somebody who is a known uh, who is a known uh, you know, individual to be aggressive towards women. He was fired from another cruise line and, and he's a janitor that's instantly upgraded to security uh, and put in this position. Um, now, the FBI, th- this happened just to give people context. This happened back in 2006. Is that right?
1: Correct. February 21st, 2006.
0: So we're talking about 14 years ago. So during those 14 years, in a nutshell, between the FBI, I know you've gone to your uh, elected uh, officials, Senator, Congresswoman uh, as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm imagining you probably got an attorney. What in the end? Yes. I know it's not over, probably, because these things can go on forever, but- Fourteen years down the road now, um, what what have they done for you? Uh, to tell tell us what what the FBI, our government, your elected officials, uh, an attorney, what all were they able to do? Did you get any justice? Did this rapist get prosecuted? Did you get any kind of financial settlement, an apology, anything?
1: Um. He was arrested. He actually was not arrested. He was fired from Royal Caribbean two days after the FBI questioned him. Ten agents boarded the ship and questioned him, and I guess he didn't pass the polygraph test, saying that he never he'd even gone to my cabin. Um, They let him go out with a whole new school of passengers, and two days later, Royal Caribbean just fired him, Uh, March 3rd, which was not too long after the FBI contacted me and let me know that it was now a he-said-she-said said case because there was clearly not enough evidence. Um, so from there with the FBI and not knowing what to do, there was a Time Magazine article that a friend had brought me, and the here was international cruise victims in Washington testifying in a hearing. There were other people. That feeling of knowing there was other people that – had had something happen too that I you know I wasn't alone anymore, um because of the way I was feeling, and i did I did get an attorney, Jim Walker was my attorney, and through that whole experience, that's called third victimization. The cruise line first you become a victim, then the cruise line causes secondary victimization, and then you go through your attorney process because you have a deposition. That took eight hours, and that's third victimization wow. again because their attorneys treat you and and you know act like you did something wrong. And through all of that, through um, my attorney and then my congresswoman Doris Matsui, she is the one who led me to my first trip to go to Washington D.C. in 2007. I have now flown and been to Washington 32 times in the last 14 years. And international cruise victims, all of our members, we fly at our own expense. We volunteer our time because the one thing and the reason why I testified before Congress and I told Royal Caribbean in a room that I don't want this to happen to anyone else. My justice now that you let this guy go is to put peepholes in your door, latches on your door, safety, security, surveillance cameras, man overboard system, um You know medical care that you can assist people with life support uh, and not have a defibrillator be on the bottom of the cruise ship so that when somebody needs assistance they can't even carry it to help them those are the kind of things that we that I wanted them to do to do the right thing and it took some time but finally they kept offering money. They kept offering money. And I walked out, I walked away. I said, no, I want you to do these things. I want you to help somebody not go through what I went through and they wouldn't do it. So finally we came to terms and I did settle my case with Royal Caribbean and to be able to settle my case was so that I knew well that I could be able to further the work with international cruise victims and my congresswoman and do the legislation. We had to have a legislation, a bill to have a peephole in the door. The cruise lines wouldn't do it on their own. And that's just one of the many things. And so for me, my justice is the work that I do today and that I will continue to do because it is so important. 30 million people are going to go on a cruise this year projected. A thousand or more thousands Went on a cruise today, on Sunday, they left from some port. I feel, along with the organization and the other members, that it's our job to educate and to make people aware of the things we didn't know, because legislation will always be in the background. We'll always be working on that because it's so important to us to not have people deal and go through what we did. But in the forefront, we want people to be aware and to be able to talk and share and answer questions and you let them know this is their family vacation they're taking. And we want their children to be safe. We want them to be safe and to know that if something does happen, you really are your own advocate and your own security.
0: Yeah, it is. It's It's unreal how I'm telling you, I have I have talked to people about this and just in conversation and no one seems to know about these tragic stories, which is why we keep doing these shows because we want the word to get out. L- listen, folks, if you still want to go on a cruise after hearing a story like this, then that's up to you. But at least now, you know, you know, so you, you're, you're going to take prop proper, you know, precautions. And it's interesting, everything that you've said and our other guests that we've had on from international cruise victims, because when you get on a ship, what you really have to think in terms of is just like you were in a hotel room Um, because for some reason there's like this feeling that well I'm on a ship so I'm safe and we've heard stories of people leaving like their doors unlocked and propped open or, or even like letting their teenagers stay out all night in various parts of the ship thinking that everyone is background checked on the ship and if their kids are in like the teen zone area that all those people are background checked and approved to work with children and minors and and all of those assumptions people make are just false assumptions and and this is all across the board all of these uh, cruise lines have these kinds of problems now Lori did they try to get you to sign any type of a non-disclosure agreement to say hey we'll pay you an even greater amount of money if you agree that you can never tell your story
1: Um, in the very very beginning and that is when I walked out because I went public with it as soon as I could so that I could tell as many people and share my story to not only help through what I was going through to get myself to a point where I could heal from this the best that I could, but to help that next person. I mean, we had a hearing in March 2007, and by September 2007, we were having another hearing in the House. And it was over a seventeen-year-old girl who had almost the exact same thing happen that I had had happen, and it was on a different cruise line. So, I, when I finalized my whole settlement, the only thing I was not able to disclose was the amount of money and they, all that they had given me. That was the only thing that I had agreed upon, and they—I think they knew that they weren't going to be able to, like I've said many times, put me in a box and lock me away, that I was going to continue to advocate and, and work with the other members and, and be a voice, you know. Um, this grassroots organization, I tell you, that's how things get done. People, it has been such an education for me over the last 14 years on not just maritime law and about um, how it takes to pass a bill and what it takes to introduce a bill and write a bill and and do all of that process, but the education of what people that come together can accomplish. International Cruise Victims has over 200 members in 35 countries, and we're not ever all in the same place until we're in Washington usually, or we're in London meeting with the parliament, or we're, you know, wherever it is that it takes us. So we all work from wherever we live, and we work over the phone and the computer and then we fly to where we need to go to speak or to raise awareness or to do uh, radio shows like this, which thank you again so much for for helping us raise awareness.
0: To well, the pleasure the pleasure is ours because, so because the pleasure is ours, because I'll tell you what, um, it, it, there's nothing more important than just protecting people and their safety. And I teach women, women uh, how to defend themselves. I'm a rape defense instructor and uh, I can't imagine anything worse then you're going on one of these cruises It's your vacation time. You've saved up all your money and you've got all these high hopes for good things. And then for it to have such a reversal of fortune to have something like this happen to you, Um, the stories of of children being sexually molested uh, by these uh, cruise line employees, uh, people disappearing, never to be seen again on these cruises. It is just unbelievable what our government has tolerated. And as Kendall has pointed out, as he's been here, a lot of this is because Uh, these cruise lines have the money they've got the millions and millions of dollars and they can donate to the right uh, elected officials to try and keep things uh, you know uh, moving in their favor have you felt like since 2006 that we've had any significant legal reform uh, and what what has changed and what are you still hoping will change going forward in terms of changing our laws
1: the, the change that we've seen is you know most of the cruise line, well most of Royal Caribbean for sure has now has peak holes in the door. So there are certain things that they do have. how they're treating the people and how that when assisting them if they become a victim, that has not changed. The whole mentality and the way they um, are has not changed. and with the legislation, Um, Even meeting with the FBI and meeting with the Coast Guard over and over, you know, to get the regulations done for the man overboard system and for the different things that organization is a part of. it, It still seems that as victims come to us for assistance, that they're still being treated the same way, because the cruise industry thinks it can hide once it goes out into international waters it's like they feel like they can hide and they are be they're above us but yet they dock in our ports and they use our um you know our coast guard to come look for a rescue person and they 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 have all these things that they don't even pay taxes for they just get to get away with this and so as far as what's happened in the or from the legislative reform, like you said, is that it's been made attention that it is important, that it is a priority, that this is something that's happening, and they have given us recognition that they're, you know, aware of it more, and that you know. And Kendall was saying that uh, cause sexual.
0: And Kendall was saying that the statistics are now public, where in the past they were able to hide. the the statistics of the crimes so that the public could not research to know like what could be the safer cruise line to pick if they were making that decision.
1: Correct. It's on the department of transportation and the cruise lines um, are to report what kind of crimes happen and, um, and they classify it accordingly on there. Uh, We are still working on it to, get it to where they're not allowed to decide what kind of crime to call it. And so recently Congresswoman Matt Suey and Congressman Fortenberry, along with Senator Blumenthal have just introduced new legislation that is going to be coming forward now for some of those things that we didn't get in the bill that passed in 2010.
0: Well, that's tremendous. Uh, and I also see here there's a button where people can donate um, and when Kendall was with us before, he said, you know, people can donate money, and there's a button for tax deductible contributions you can make if you go to internationalcruisevictims.org. But he also said that th- you're always looking for volunteers. So if you're listening tonight, Maybe yeah. maybe you have been a victim like this, or even if not, and you feel like this is a cause that you would like to give some time to, uh, maybe you know how to uh, build websites, maybe you're uh, good at writing, maybe you're a good public relations person, you can write press releases, you can do a lot of things to volunteer your time, and uh, if people wanted to volunteer their time as well, do they just contact someone through the website uh, as well, Lori?
1: Yes there's a there's a um link on there that they can um contact through the website to um reach us.
0: Yeah, I see that the contact us button and uh, as we close it out uh you know, if somebody listening tonight still is going to go on a cruise, you know, maybe they're saying, look, this is all terrible. This happened. But I I'm I'm going on a cruise with my family. They want me to go and I'm going on this cruise. You know, there are there any are there any resources like a bullet point list of things to do, like how to decide which cruise line to go with, what to do when you're on the ship to make sure that you're safe. Uh, Is there anything like that available for people?
1: You can go um, to our website, International Cruise Victims. There is a list. It's called Don't Snooze Before You Cruise, and it gives you a list of things to be aware of and the um, 1-800 numbers if you needed to notify the FBI on your own or if you needed help. Uh, there also is um, on the Department of Transportation it where it lists the crimes that have occurred on the different cruise ships and the kind of crime there are statistics that you can look up I believe there might be a link to that on our website also but if you were to just go to that it'll list um, the different ones but all of them have had all the different types of crimes but if you were going to go it would give you an idea of which one has you know, more theft or which one has more overboard or missing person or murder or sexual assault or rape. So, um, that is a resource that they can use. Um, but our, our website also has a lot of information because there's a lot of stories, as you had mentioned, of what has happened to people. But then also on there is a lot of different, um, press things that'll, um, talk about the different, Crimes that have occurred and the things that are being done with the organization
0: and that's the I I think that's probably honestly folks the best way to prepare for a cruise if you're going to do it is to read these stories because if you kind of re- reverse engineer you know how these things happened um you know and and I'm not going to call any particular cruise lines out by name but you'll see the same cruise lines probably some of the you know main you know main cruise lines some of them are more frequent to, to have these problems than others and then that's it happened over the years so you can just kind of see that for yourself but probably the most emotional and moving thing you'll see is this uh At the top of the website, there's like a scrolling um, slideshow of pictures of all these people that have been victims over all these years, and uh, just an unthinkable tragedy to happen to you, Lori Dishman. And thank you so much for being here and having the courage to turn your tragedy into your mission and uh, to—I'm sorry, I— I get a little bit emotional because I I can sense how much you're still in pain, even though it's been all these years, 14 years, and that you're still willing to come here and share with us. Uh, it really does touch me. It touches me
1: personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for having me on. And um, again, people, whoever's listening, if you go to our website, hopefully that can help you. And if, if you have been a victim of a crime and you're listening, yes. please, Notify us, let us know, and we can give you resources.
0: Very good. Thank you so much, ma'am. You're doing God's work. Thank you so much for being here and having the courage to speak out. Uh, International Cruise Victims Organization, uh, check out their website, internationalcruisevictims.org. And uh, I apologize for getting a little emotional there. I don't usually do that on my own radio show. But uh, I'll tell you, it can't be any more real than that, right? Uh, You're on a cruise, and a security guard comes into your room and violently rapes you. And then the cruise line uh, tries to do everything they can to cover it up. And uh, this was Royal Caribbean, folks. This wasn't just some no-name cruise line. Uh, Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. We have all of these other episodes uh, with Dean and George Ananias that were on the Costa Concordia and what happened to them. Kendall Carver, his daughter, uh, was never seen again. Jamie Barnett, her daughter, also uh, died on a cruise line. We've got the Lori Dishman story, and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other stories. Well, I, I, you know, the, when I do a show like this, why do I do it? I do it because we want to give you information that you can use to keep your family safe. If there's one if there's one family tonight that hears this show and because of what you heard tonight, you're able to keep your family safe, one person, one one young woman uh, that is able to be safe because you now know what could happen on a cruise ship, then we've done our job here tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we've got Dylan Howard. We'll be talking about the the case with Aaron Hernandez. Fascinating true crime story. You won't want to miss that. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.